When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. but it's the morning and I'm excited and I'm ready to go. Yeah, we're recording for the first time ever in the morning, which is very different for us. It's, it's way different. more morning for you, though. Yeah. You're, like, drinking I left your for coffee. Work. I left for work, yeah. <laughs> do you like my mug? I do what I want. Oh, it says, I do what I want. And it has a cartoon cat flipping you off. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's very you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, this is Two Girls, One Ghost. I'm Corinne. And I'm Sabrina. Two girls, one ghost. Oh, fuck. We messed that up. That's okay. It still works. I couldn't forget to do it, so I had to. One day we'll do it perfectly. One day. Hey, we're by no means professionals. No, we're not. Which I actually wanted to say because I think we need to give a disclaimer that we are not by any means professionals and we Mm -hmm. don't really, like... We've had our own experiences with ghosts and the paranormal, so like that's what we're basing everything off of. Because we've had a few people reach out to us um, asking for advice, but we, I mean, we can't really give professional advice. <laughs> we like, yeah. Can anyone give professional advice? But there are people who spend their entire lives studying studying it and, the paranormal mm-hmm. and investigating it and i just i don't think by any means we have the qualifications to do so no we don't so So we can tell you what we would do but it's not i feel like our number one go-to is sage your house yeah just sage your house bad energy sage it bada bing bada boom grab some sand grab some coal throw on some dragon's blood or (laughs) white copal do something and also um we're not professionals at podcasting either no but like who cares? It's, Some people do. We're yeah. new. We just love ghost stories. And so, what are we? Soul sisters? Sister, would you say? Sister, sister souls? Spirit, spirit wives? Spirit wives. Um, well, should we talk about reincarnation? Yeah, we should, because that's the that's topic, topic that we chose this week. And it kind of works with us, like traveling souls. And mm-hmm. Because they, it's it's thought that souls travel together. Mm-hmm. So there'll be certain people in your life that you'll just have an extra connection with. And it's believed that throughout your lives, you'll travel together. And maybe you haven't met that person yet. Maybe it will be your daughter or your future husband or your second wife. Or your dog. Or your cat. Or your dog. Or your dog. Or your cat. Or your friend. Or a cat. No discrimination here. It could be an ant. No way. Didn't you say something about your dog the other night? What is it that... Oh, my mom thinks that he's one of the souls that travel with me. So my mom and I, and maybe I'll talk about this in this podcast episode or in a different episode, but we believe that the two of us have traveled together because there are some 
weird things that happened early on in my childhood. Do you want to just tell them? Okay. Just do it. I love this. (laughs) This is great. Okay, so my mom said that there were two different instances that happened when I was aged three that made her believe that, well, definitely made her believe in heaven and in reincarnation and that her and I were traveling together. So when I was three, we had just moved from Guilford, New Hampshire to Littleton, New Hampshire. And in Littleton, my mom had my brother. So she stopped working. She was staying home with us. My dad was working. So it was oftentimes just her with my brother and I. And he was a newborn. I was three, so I was talking, but little girl voice. And she was getting me ready for bed one night and telling me to brush my teeth. And I got a little bit frustrated with her and I turned and she said just everything changed about me. My voice was more articulate. I didn't really have that baby voice as much. My words were more thought out and she said I just turned to her and I said, "How come you're the mom now?" My gosh. And she said, "Cuz you were the mom before." And then I just switched out of it and went back to doing whatever. And then another time, same sort of situation. I switch back into this other sort of personality and I say, I want to go back. And she said, go back where? Go back to Guilford? Because we had just moved. And I said, no. She goes, well, where do you want to go back to? And I said, I want to go back to heaven. And then I switched back out, back to my three-year-old self again. That gave me the chills. Yeah, we did not talk about heaven. She was like, I am almost certain I'd never told you about heaven and hell Right. I'm certain I didn't, so I don't know where you picked it up, how you knew what heaven was, how you knew you could possibly have already been there. Wow. That's kind of incredible. So with that, we were like, okay, obviously I'd been in heaven before, came back down, but I was a mom before to her, so we traveled together, and I was oh. reincarnated now into her her daughter. And she thinks my dog, Wrinkles, he passed away when I was in college, but she believes that he is traveling with us too. And That's she thinks so that sweet. maybe he and I were husband and wife in a past life. Oh. He just, <laughs> he adores me. And too, people, people had said about wrinkles, they, some of my friends were a little bit spooked from him because they said when he looked at them, it was like he understood and it was a person's eyes looking at you and taking you in. So yeah. they were a little turned off by that. That's how my dog was too. I, I really strongly believe that he was my grandpa because just like the way you looked at his eyes and he was like the most gentle soul Mm -hmm. I really did feel like there was more to him than just like a dog and but I believe that the the people that are in your life whether or not they're souls that maybe will travel with you to your next life right but if they're given an opportunity to come back down and kind of look over you yeah if I had an opportunity to come back as a dog i absolutely would and i'm sure you would too for a A cat cat. oh absolutely i feel like i already am part cat so let's okay so basically we decided to do reincarnation because we got an email a really cool email from someone on twitter her name is jody um and i'll just read it so she says hi you asked the other day about reoccurring dreams i've been having on the holocaust The first one was when I was in Auschwitz. I was talking to three elderly ladies, and they looked so emaciated. I can still see the bunks, the way they were set up, and still see their faces. To make this short and to the point, 
the next thing that happened was the German soldiers walked in and said, it's time to take showers in German. I somehow managed to wake myself up at that time screaming. I still see it, and it, ha- and it first happened quite a few years ago. The other dream I had was just the other night, where I was on the train with about 10 other people. We were on visas from the United States, and a woman I, I was with told us we weren't going to a concentration camp since we were Americans, but I didn't believe her. The people I was with were of all races, and one girl came in and asked why she had to go to Italy and take classes when she didn't speak Italian. The lady we were with said, don't worry, I'm here to protect you. Turns out, German soldiers wound up on the train, and none of us knew German, of course, and I was the only Jewish person on the train and thought, this was it. They're going to take all of us to the concentration camp. But when they saw our visa passports, we got saved. That was the time I woke up, and the dream stays with me along with the first one I had. Was I in a concentration camp in another life? And then she says, she went to a Holocaust museum quite a long time ago when she lived in California. While I was there, they gave, they gave me a passport, and it updated as you walked through the museum. When I was done, I looked at the picture I had, and it was a girl of about 11 years old. She had blonde hair and looked just like me when I was her age. Turned out she died in Auschwitz, and that's when the nightmares began. Which, that story is so crazy, and I have so many questions I know. about it. Because the fact that the nightmares started after she went to the Holocaust Museum makes me wonder, was the spirit of that girl somehow there and attached to her? Right. Which is a little far-fetched, because why would you hang out there for at so long? Yeah. Out of all the people, pick her. Right. Or was that a trigger for her, mm. her past memories, her yeah. past lives? Which I almost believe it was the trigger because um, I'd mentioned this book to you before, Many Lives, Many Masters. It's a book that this psychiatrist, he wrote, but he was treating this woman that had an insane amount of phobias and there was no explanation for why she had so many phobias. And they tried all these different techniques for treating her. Nothing really stuck. So he eventually tried hypnosis put her under and all of her past lives came oh out and all of her phobias were associated with something that happened in a past life and it's just so crazy the book is so good and it's not that long I'm gonna so read it. anyone i recommend it yeah. who is it by uh, i think it's brian wise okay. we'll post it on our uh, social media so everyone can read it yeah yeah definitely we should um that's really but yeah cool. it's a good book to have and it's one of those books like my mom has bought it a few times because it's just one of those books that you buy and you pass along to someone and then they right. pass it to someone so you don't really hold on to it yeah, yeah. but it's amazing but yeah i it's wonder crazy. like that that would make sense though that her going and seeing the photos and being around that trigger it. maybe would trigger yeah. i also feel like i mean interesting about the hy- hypnosis because i haven't been able to talk to my dad about his stories yet but he has a lot of um reincarnation stories and he actually told me that he went to um and did a past life regression hypnosis. And from that, he learned so much about his past lives. And um, I don't want to get too much into it because I don't know enough about it. But yeah. we should definitely, I'll ask him. So I'll, you actually go and get hypnotized? Mm-hmm. And that I don't know is if I would do it. Do. Oh. <laughs> you, we're, we're just saying that we were on the same page. And at the same time, I said, that's something we can do. And you said, oh. I don't know if that's something I can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Hypnosis, it's, I, I think the idea of it was really cool, but I'd be too scared to really... 
what if there are things that I'm repressing in my in my current life? Oh, there totally are. I know that there are some things that I have repressed because I was I had some hardcore bullying when I was in middle school. Yeah. And like I know that I did and I remember like very small parts of it, but my mom had mentioned something the other day and I had no memory of it happening. Really? And it was something like pretty big. So I realized and then I, I started reflecting and I was like, What did happen? And I'm trying to remember all the things that, that happened and the things that were said to me and I can't remember most of them. I really wow. can't. It was all blocked out, wow. which I guess is good. Yeah, I feel the same way though. I I don't remember any of my childhood basically. So who knows what's what's lurking in well, I there. I bet you could you could ask though. You could say, "Can we only talk about past lives and if anything?" Yeah. I I wish to not muster up anything from my present life. Right. You could. I actually went to a past life reader when i was in santa cruz um what does that do well my friend olivia and i went and it's basically like they they read your cards and then well we did both we did like the tarot card reading and then a past life reading so at first she read our cards and then after she would close her eyes and basically sort of like summon your spirit guide or old spirits i am not completely sure but somehow she'd get the information on your past lives and this woman like she i've gone to a few readings before and she was i feel that she was legit because she had her eyes closed the entire time so she wasn't reacting to any of your facial expressions she wasn't getting any triggers or anything and she she pegged both of our personalities and she did say some things that really resonated and this is so what is it you're like leading me on. I want to know more. Sorry. Well, <laughs> she said a few things. So one of the things she said I was in my past life was I was an exotic dancer. <laughs> I was like, I like that. But I was like, that makes sense because. Well, let's talk about the day you went on stage. What? What? Which day? Didn't you go on stage or was it you just took your top off? Oh, man. I took my top off. <laughs> I had an, I had a tank top on underneath. <laughs> that was yeah, yeah you I had, had a, a, a few too many beers or no it was mimosas we went to bottomless mimosa brunch I had a few too many and but you are a yes man uh, yeah yeah through but that wasn't like that wasn't like an exotic dance I like did it like like a creepy stripper like I That's took my exotic. top off in the corner and I sprinted past the stage and threw it on I was a flash going by and then all of a sudden oh, there was okay. a shirt on stage it wasn't well thought out and it wasn't sexy. Oh. <laughs> um, you know what I always think of is Wizard of Oz when Dorothy goes to like the traveling um, reader and she's forced to close her eyes and he goes to the basket and like finds a picture of Auntie M. Do I don't remember? remember that part, which is so weird because that should be the part that stuck out to me the most. I, I Maybe I'm making this up, but I was in the play and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was in it. <laughs> I wonder uh-huh. if it wasn't, if it maybe just wasn't in the movie. But it's also been so long since I've seen right. it last. We so can probably... fact check ourselves after this. Um, but like we said before, don't trust us on yeah. anything. <laughs> we have no... <laughs> we have no... We're just two girls talking about ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so should I tell my story? Yeah, yeah. The, the story you chose for reincarnation. Yeah. So... This week was weird, so I really, really was trying to find a like a romantic 
two souls finding each other in a, in another life and falling in love again. Oh, remarried. But no such luck. Oh. It's um, a, that's a tough one. It's you a got tough very one. specific and narrow on that. Yeah. But a lot of these stories, I mean, they're, they're, there's not a ton of information on them because there's only so much fact-checking you can do. Mm-hmm. But this one is really cool. So... Luke Rollman was born in 2010, and when he was a little boy, he would always talk about his alter ego. His mother, Erica, said that the family would always laugh at him and call him an old man because he was so obsessed with safety, and he would always like make sure that everyone checked both ways before crossing the street, and he was always very cautious about things being hot or turned on and make sure that things were turned off. And then he would start naming like all of his toys Pam. Pam. like Everything was Pam. Oh, my gosh. This is already freaking me out. (laughs) And his his mom was like, oh, well, maybe he just loves the name Pam. But, like, I don't know why, you know. We don't know anyone. Yeah, we don't know anyone named Pam. And then Luke would start referring to his alter ego. And he would say, when I was a girl, I used to have black hair. And then he would see women with earrings. And he would say, I used to have earrings like that. So then Erica was like, all right. Who was Pam? Yeah, do some investigating, Mama. Yeah, Luke was like, I was. I used to be. I died and went to heaven, and then God pushed me down, and I was born, and you named me Luke. And so Erica and her mom started to realize that, like, okay, this is, this is like, something that he is talking about often, and it's not going away. We should look into it and actually find more about it. So they started asking him more questions about Pam and how, he, and how Pam died. And Luke would say that when he was Pam, he died from a fire. And then he, well, I'll just say, they were on a show called um, Ghost Within My Child. And so I watched, like, actual footage of the kid saying that he died. And then he did this hand motion, like this. And then he said, I jumped. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah. And so the mom... Basically took that as, like, he jumped from a building or Pam jumped from a building. So Yeah, that was on fire. Mm-hmm. So then he asked for more information, or she asked for more information, and he said that he lived in Chicago and that it was a big city and he used to walk a lot and take the train. So Erica started doing some research, and she came across the Paxton Hotel. And so the Paxton Hotel caught fire in March of 1993. The fire swept through the hotel, trapping so many of the tenants inside, it, it spread so quickly that before firefighters could set up ladders, many of the tenants were forced to jump from their windows in order to escape the f- smoke and fire-filled rooms. And there are a ton of like, very, very tragic stories. There's one woman who jumped from the fourth flu- floor window with her baby in her arms. Oh, and no. I'm pretty sure they both survived. It said that the mom was in critical di- condition with a broken spine or a fractured spine, but the baby was in good condition. And then I kept looking up more records, and it didn't say mm-hmm. anything about um, her dying. So I, I assumed that they both lived, which is just, I mean, incredible to to take that risk. But also, like, you want, you'll do anything to protect your children. And yes. it's just it's crazy. But so the fire was so bad that only three of the 15 bodies could be identified on the next day. And then in the next few days, they were able to find that there were 19 total people killed in the fire. And one of those people 
who they could identify in the first day. No. Can you, can you guess? It was Pam. It was Pamela Robinson. Oh my god! <laughs> she was a 30-year-old African-American woman who jumped from her window and was one of the three bodies that they could identify on that evening. I, like, the fact that it was validated. Yes. And there's more. So Erica couldn't believe it. And so she was asking more questions, and she asked what color skin Pam's was, and Luke was like, well, black, duh. And so then the family went on the show, Ghost Within My Child, and um, they kind of did more of an expose on it and tried to kind of challenge, not challenge Luke, but kind of put things to the test and see how much he really remembered Mm -hmm. and knew of this past life. And so they put a pile of photos of random, random women in front of him, and... They asked him if anyone looks familiar, and he goes, what does familiar mean? Because <laughs> he's Aww. five years old and doesn't know. <laughs> and uh, That's so cute. It's so cute. <laughs> and then he looks through the pictures, and he points to a photo, and he says, I remember when this photo was taken. And, and it goes, was a photo of Pam? Yeah. He goes, he points to the photo and goes, this is Pam. Oh, no. And then... I mean, it's basically kind of the end of the story, but they reached out to Pam's family and they kind of discovered so many similarities between Luke and Pam. They both loved Stevie Wonder. And I guess Pamela loved playing the piano. And Luke at that time, or like throughout his childhood, had this mini piano that he would carry around with him all the time and loved playing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then when he was six years old, he kind of stopped referring to himself as Pam and let go of Pam. And it kind of makes sense because I think six is the age when you start going to school and Mm -hmm. um, you develop your sense of self a little bit more strongly. Yeah. And then you kind of lose your childhood memories. Yeah. You have the pressure of the other kids and trying to Mm self-identify and yeah, being normal. Fitting in. That is so crazy because it's proof. Yeah. It's proof that it, Mm -hmm. that it was him. Yeah. I wonder about the other family, Pam's family, if it was a super emotional thing for them or if they were freaked yeah. out because it could go either way. Yeah, I don't know. I watched a few news segments and they didn't have, like they, they said they tried to reach out to the family and they couldn't. Um, hmm. So I don't know. I mean, maybe they just didn't want publicity for it and it was a very like yeah i mean it is a very personal thing you lost someone in such a tragic way yeah and obviously if the news couldn't get in contact Mm -hmm. with them they did not want to talk about it and it's also i mean anything that comes with the spiritual spiritual world or paranormal world you're opening yourself up to a lot of criticism and people pointing the finger and saying you're crazy yeah but i saw some study the other day and it said it was some really high statistic or some high number in the statistic of how many people believe in the paranormal. What is Way it? more than you would think. I think it was in the 70s. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like people try to what's the word? They they try to deny it even though deep down they really do feel the f- the fear the, of it. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, my dad when my brother and I were young, he would always say, ghosts aren't real, like, blah, 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 dismiss mm-hmm. whatever we were saying was happening. And finally, my mom was like, don't tell them that because they're going to think that they're crazy. 
Right. And he himself, my mom was like, he has so many experiences. So now he openly talks about some of the things that has happened to him. But yeah. it is that thing. It's like you just don't want other people to, well, your children, maybe you don't want them to be so susceptible to something right. So if you tell them, in. no, it's not real, then they close themselves off from it. And you want people to, if society deems it as normal to not believe in it or reject that or think that that's crazy, you want to fit in. Right. Which clearly we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we're oddballs. Well, no, clearly we're not because 70% of people believe in it. Yeah. It's just people don't talk about it. Yeah. As well, now we do. And believing in it is different than having an experience in it. So if you just believe in right. it, maybe you're not as likely to be like, bring it up and like, oh, yeah. this reminds me of when blah, blah, blah. Well, let's so. force people to have a conversation about it. Well, now we have our Facebook page, so yeah. it's been super awesome because people have been posting personal stories or sharing stories that they find on yeah, the web that stuff's cool. that's going on that's paranormal, so that's super cool because yeah. we wouldn't see all of that. No. There's too much to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I hear your story? Yes. Mine is also about a boy who was featured on a television show. He was on Extraordinary People, and his episode is called The Boy Who Lived. Harry so, Potter. Oh, I left out a word. The Boy Who Lived Before. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're just thinking about Harry Potter. I am. <laughs> I just totally dropped off, and I have it bolded in my notes, too, to not forget it. But oh. whoops. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I was like, are you telling me a story about Harry Potter? <laughs> no, I wish. Cameron McCauley lives in Glasgow, Scotland, and he lived with his brother and his single mother. This is a while ago. I think the show aired in 2003, so he's an okay. adult now. But, And I tried to look him up, and I I couldn't really find him. But mm. Okay, so Cameron McCauley, Glasgow, Scotland, when he was two years old, he started talking about his old life and that he lived on an island of Barra. Barra is off of the coast of Scotland. It's 220 miles away from Glasgow. So it's either an hour-long plane flight or a pretty lengthy journey by boat. His family, Cameron's family, has never been there. They have absolutely no connection to it, no friends, no family. They never have talked about it. But he's convinced that he lived in Barra. So wow they were like okay like this is a little weird and he starts calling himself barra boy he goes mom i'm a, I'm a barra boy i'm a barra boy oh. and he even told one of his friends like his little childhood friends he said it doesn't matter if you die because you get to come back so they're like wow. oh no this might be legit so yeah his mom being a good mom is trying to get more out of him and see if there's any any truth to it or if he's just gonna sort of drop it but he continues on he tells the same story but he just as he's growing older it gets more detailed so he said he had a white house it overlooked the sea and the beach and he and his brothers and sisters would go down and play on the beach they'd bring their dog down there and they their dog was black and white and there would be airplanes that would land on the beach and he said he had a barra mom. It's so specific. I know. I know that. That's like, you have to find that house because right. it's so specific. So he's five now. So he'd started talking about it when he was two, but now he's five, getting way more descriptive, telling his story often, sticking to his story, never wavering from his story. 
and he starts talking about his Barra mom and his Barra dad. He said his dad's name was Shane Robertson and that he died when he was knocked down by a car and he, Cameron said he saw it and that his Barra dad didn't look left and right. Oh my gosh. Very sad. And then Cameron starts to really miss his Barra mom so much so that he's showing signs of actual anxiety and distress he's really sad sad and super homesick and And hard for his mom too i know i know and she seemed like she was very cool about it she did say because i watched the episode that um she had asked him do you like your bara mom or me more and he said i love you both equally so his bara mom is very real or was very real to him for him to say that yeah so His mom, Norma, is like, okay, I'm going to be open-minded. I'm going to try to find a rational explanation for Cameron's memories to to help him out because he's he's stressed and I don't want to see my child feeling so sad. So she goes to a psychologist who is the editor for The Skeptic magazine. He's used to debunking paranormal phenomena and not surprisingly so. He says everything is just made up. He discounts all of Cameron's um memories says that he has an overactive imagination kids do that if they say something and you kind of get into it they might just keep going with it for a while so he's like "Mm -mm, this isn't anything and normal so easy to just write off children to having a active imagination you can't write this off this is so specific until you go to bara and prove that nothing is there that the child is talking about then you can't write it off yeah you have to, you can't just say, oh, it's debunked. No, right. that's not how it works. Sorry, skeptic. <laughs> anyway, so then Norma goes and visits an educational psychologist whose specialty is in children and their fantasy lives. So getting into their imaginations and whatever world they've created for themselves. Right. She takes a look at Cameron and says that his, his imagination and his stories are not normal. They're different than a normal childhood imaginary friend story. So Norma's like, okay, I don't have any answers because I have the educational psychologist telling me this might be something. Go check it out. And then I have the psychologist that's a skeptic telling me it's nothing. So she decides to take Cameron and her other son to Bara. Yes. I know. What a good mom. (laughs) Go mom. Go Norma. So they fly to Bara. Cameron is elated. He's, I mean, you can see it in the episode. He's like jumping up and down. He's so freaking excited. He's like, we're going to Barra. We're going to Barra. He's so stoked. They land. He's looking out the window of the bus or car, whatever they take. And he's like, oh, I recognize some of this. Like, this is looking familiar to me, mom. So he's getting super into it. So they they first go and visit a local heritage center. And they look for any record of a Robertson family. Because... That's what Cameron had said. He said his last name was Robertson and his dad was Shane Robertson. So Callum McNeil is the local historian and he can't find any records. So then they go, they're driving along the coast, along some of the, the houses and nothing is matching the description. Cameron's not pointing anything out. So they're like, shoot, this might not turn up this house. So the next morning they wake up. And they get a telephone call from Callum, the historian. And he has some new leads. Oh, yes. 
Before, the historian was looking just at records that were for properties owned by islanders. But Mm -hmm. the Robertson family was from the mainland, and they had a house very close to the sea at the north of the island, and they lived there during the 60s and 70s. So they weren't there for a super long time, and they weren't on the islands. Right. So... But they existed. They existed. So they follow that lead. They get directions. Norma does not tell Cameron where they're going. They just start driving to the house. So they follow the directions. Cameron has no idea what's going on. They arrive at the house. They get him out of the car, walk him to the fence. He's dead silent. He's not saying anything. And he's getting a little bit emotional. It looks like he's like reminiscing and like taking it all in and just really reflecting. He's... He's oh. very quiet. And the whole rest of the trip, he was, like, off the walls, like, whoa, whoa, we're in Barra. Yeah. And then his mom hugs him and is like, are you okay? And he's just, like, quiet and, like, looking down. And she's like, is this your house? And he starts to cry and, like, puts his head down and leans into her. It's super sad. But they found his house. So they go inside. But obviously they had owned the house previously in the 60s and 70s. And now it's early 2000s so there's been a lot of renovations it's Mm -hmm. been modernized Cameron doesn't recognize everything but he is able to point out rooms and say this is where the boys slept and this is where the girls slept so he does recognize the layout the general layout and it's right on the water it matches all the descriptions so they're like wow this is amazing and then they take it a step further and they go through a genealogist and trace down a relative of the Robertson family who's still living in Scotland. Her name was Jillian, and she would have been a child at the same time Cameron remembers living there, so they're like, hmm, maybe possibly a sister or a cousin or something. So they go and meet her, and she brings out a family photo album. And they go through the photos, and there's a black and white Border Collie dog. this is incredible i know and so the dog ended up not actually being their dog but there were other people living with them at the time and that person had a black and white dog that the kids would play with and lived in the house to a little kid that is your dog like yeah that's your dog it lives with you it plays with you it sleeps there you feed it it's your dog so yeah the black and white dog was right there oh my gosh and they didn't find a shane robertson but there was a James Robertson, which hmm. maybe was got mixed up somehow. Right. But everything else matches. Like they, he described a house and they found it, two hundred and twenty oh miles away. Yeah, they had a black and white dog. Everything, the same name of the family that lived there, everything. So it's, it's real. Yeah. And when camera when they left Barra, Cameron was just. He was at ease like that. That did it for him. He confirmed it. He saw it. He knew his mom and dad weren't going to be there. His borrow mom and dad. Right. He understood that. So he just kind of moved on. And that's like around age five, six too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's really incredible. I know. I like that these stories are like, yes, they're sad. And I think like the loss of another life is always sad, but the like, it's kind of it's kind of like touching and beautiful to have it is a past life and to understand it and then also like find it and 
and be like, you're not crazy. Exactly. And it's also crazy just because when I think about past lives, I think about not in my present life, not having any connection to that past life. Like no one that I knew then would still be alive, but that's not the case. The two, the two stories that we highlighted are people that passed away more recently. Mm -hmm. And it makes me wonder what's going on. Like, when do you know that you can had, how is it decided when you return? Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, and the other thing, because you had mentioned this with your story that he, that the boy had said that he was up in heaven and then he like came down. Mm -hmm. Cameron, his mom asked like, how did, how did you come back to earth then? And he said that he went through a tunnel or like a portal. So that's similar. That's so interesting. It is. There's so... It's hard to talk about reincarnation because you end up just stopping and thinking. It's one of those things where it kind of defies any simple logic, rational explanation. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's hard to talk about and hard to think about because it's hard to wrap your, your mind around it. I know I like it too. Can I read one more email that we got? Yeah. Yeah. And then I think maybe we add a spooky story. Yeah, let's do it. Let's throw in a spooky email. Yeah. Because it's an unrelated to reincarnation story. Yeah. And this episode's coming out October 1st, so it's like Halloween. Halloween, <laughs> our first day of my favorite month. Yes, the best month. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this email is from Jesse. She says, I have several past lives that I remember, well, more specifically mine or someone else's death. If it's someone else's, it generally coincides with this current life somehow. So I'll try not to get you lost, smiley face. (laughs) So she, it's crazy. She has, I think, six reincarnation stories that she actively remembers. And that they all coincide with her current life too. So I'll read two. So, okay, she says... I was a princess or some form of royalty in Thailand. I remember the beautiful fabrics of the dresses and on the sunshade that was covering us. Myself and and twin children, a boy and a girl, were seated upon an elephant's back wandering through the long grass nearing sunset. My twins were still infants, just a few weeks old. (laughs) We were attacked by a female tiger protecting her cubs, and whilst I did not die, she took off with and killed the boy twin. In real life, I got pregnant with twins, and no history of twins anywhere in my family. But during the first trimester, I lost one, and it turned out that the boy, that it was the boy, and the twin girl survived. What? That's so crazy that there's such a clear distinction, a clear Mm. connection between past life and current life. Yeah. Okay. And then her uh, second one is titled Jesse. She says, this is not the name I was born with, but a name I have acquired. In my past life, myself and a bunch of friends were teenagers driving down a country road, singing, laughing, and having fun. Jesse and myself were both in the back seat of the car. It veered off the road and in into a small embankment and into a pole in the middle of a field. I do not remember the two people in the front, only that they were both males and died instantly. Jesse, however, didn't die instantly. The car was so mangled and there was no possible way for us to get out and her injuries were so great that even if we could, it was too dangerous. Oh, man. 
I held Jessie, stroked her hair, and comforted her, listening to her last words as she died in my lap. In real life, my family ended up living on this exact same road where the crash took place. I can physically visualize the car and all of that every time I see the field. I would be happily talking and and then I would fall deathly silent every time we neared that area. No one ever understood why, but I knew. My childhood was shit and then I decided to leave home. And when I did, I wanted to leave that all behind. At that point, I would have been around 15, which is the same age Jessie was when she passed away. I guess I took that name so she could live her life through me and I through her. Whoa. That is so tragic, but so... Fascinating. And so beautiful. Yeah. And the, and the, just, again, like, the connection between past life and real life that she, mm-hmm. in this current life, would live on that same road. Right. And would remember and have mm-hmm. that, that emotion and... Yeah. I like that she took Jesse's name. I do, too. I think it's so sweet. It is. That was a good one. That was. Now scare me. <laughs> Close it out with a scary one? Yeah. It's okay. the morning, so I can be scared. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Me, too. Okay, so this is from Rachel. She um, lives near me in Vermont and actually knows my mom and the rest of my family, just not me. <laughs> she, she emailed. Okay, so she said, So I have been, I'll say, haunted my whole life. It started when my grandmother passed away and I took her chair. I would constantly smell her everywhere. It would be like a bottle of perfume sprayed up my nose and then it would be gone. But it's all different spirits. Oh my God, I thought I just saw something. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. Okay, I was move on. Nope. Yep. I currently live in VT. Woohoo! Originally from Buffalo, which is very haunted just to say. My husband and I lived in an apartment in Burlington that was very active. The faucet in the bathroom would turn on by itself and the cupboard doors would open. We'd constantly hear someone walking around, etc. Well, when my daughter was two, I took her picture, and when I looked at it, there was a huge black smudge that even blocked part of the TV in the background. It went from Mm -hmm. the top left corner of the picture to my daughter's head, which then turned a cream color. I instantly knew that it was something. Well, I sent it to a friend at work that is also haunted, and she didn't tell me, but she sent it to her daughter that was in a digital photo class in high school. She took the picture to her teacher, who then enhanced the photo, which showed the spirit's arm with a black shirt, which was the black smudge, and a hand that rested perfectly on my daughter's head. Oh, my God. (laughs) The way that it was angled, there was no way it could have been my hand because the thumb was on the back of her head. From then on, she played with this ghost. One night, while I was on the phone with my mother, my daughter would run back and forth on the couch, one end to the other, and then eventually leaning on me, laughing, saying, no, I got you, and run back to the other end of the couch. My mother asked if my husband was home. I said no, and she urgently said, I'll I'll have to call you back. Well, about a half hour later, she called and told me that she was so freaked out because she wondered why my husband would play on the couch so loudly with Lily while I was talking on the phone because she could hear a man talking to her. My eyes Mm-mm. instantly watered. I just got chills. I already read I this have, story like, like three times. And I'm, I have chills going from like my toes to my head. While this would continue, along with the other spirits in the home, a little girl named Allie that would come to play with my daughter and said that she lived in the woods, according to her, and a woman that would scream my name to wake me up. Oh. I could go on and on. 
Well, my daughter is now turning eight, and last October I went to a psychic party. Wait, my mom was telling me about this because Rachel went to the psychic party and told my mom the story, and my mom got the psychics, like the card. So oh now gosh. we're like, we gotta go, we gotta go. So we're definitely gonna go. It's a tentative plan, but it's gonna turn permanent. A psychic party. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. So last October I went to a psychic party. There were eight people there, and everyone received a reading. I thought maybe I'm not as haunted as I thought, but then I started not feeling so well and thought, no, not in a stranger's house. I kept moving around in the metal folding chair to make myself feel better. Then I could feel the pressure on my shoulders like someone standing behind me, pushing their hands on my shoulders. Well, then the psychic came to me, telling me that there's a man there for me and that he's been there the entire time, standing behind me. He decided that he would now step forward. He told the medium that I would know who he was and that he's waited a long time for me and only me, which is so creepy. I think I lost like eight degrees in my body. Just (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) He told me things that only my mother would know about how I always thought that he was so tall and that I would know about a truck and he said he's known for a nickname. I could have fell out of my chair. He passed away suddenly and it was all a mystery to me, but he told me key points that only my parents would know. He continued to tell me that he went to a party with me and that he knows we were all talking about him and there was just so much food. It was my brother's girlfriend's baby shower two weeks prior in Buffalo My mother was telling a story about him. I could have died. He said a few more things and decided to step back. After everything, the psychic asked me what he did for work. I said, why? And he said, I saw him in dark clothing, like a Dickies jumpsuit or uniform. I said that he was a cop. The psychic medium could not believe it himself. I asked if he was really standing there or if he just saw him in his mind. He said, no, he was standing there. So the sleeve in the picture with my daughter is him. I couldn't believe it to think that someone is standing or sitting two feet away from me and able to touch my child is incredible. Best part is that the spirit that had passed was from Buffalo, so her grandfather, and to think that he could travel with me is incredible. I hope you enjoyed my experience, Rachel. I want to cry. That is so... I know. Because the way she writes it, too, you're so scared of this this spirit in the beginning. Yeah. Like, he seems so creepy, and he's like, I'm only here for you, and, like, touching the child, but... That's an amazing storytelling. I know. So good. And I'm like, I need to go to that psychic. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be coming with you. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder who would come forward. Yeah, I wonder. Maybe my... I think my grandpa. You don't want to go? You don't want to do... I don't know. It kind of, like, goes back to the whole seance that we were talking about doing. Yeah. That's true. But I don't know. I just feel, I don't know. I'm, I need to do research on this because I just feel like when it's a psychic, maybe the psychic is the one. I just feel like you're opening yourself up in a different way. I think it's like kind of like the conversation you have before you do like a hard drug. You have to be in the right mindset for it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be really emotional and go do shrooms in a, on a lake. You're going to have a bad trip. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you went to a psychic and you had, like, extreme anxiety or you were you had expectations of one thing or – I don't know. I mean, I think it depends, like, how you go into it. And 
And to what the process is, because right. the, the reason that the seance scares me so much is because you're you're doing a ritual. It's like using a Ouija board. You're inviting in spirits, and you can't be specific to the type of spirit. No. Which I'm wondering if the psychic reading is different, and instead of inviting in spirits and doing a whole ritual, if it's just a moment for a spirit that's already there to recognize that there's someone so sensitive that they can actually give a message. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. <sighs> I want to do the psychic thing, but I don't know why I'm so so much more into that and so scared of the seance. The seance. I, don't I know. think also it's because the seance is in Salem. <laughs> That's true. That's kind of like... But if there's any place to do it, it's Salem. I'm not completely closed off to it, but I'm, I don't feel good about it right now. Yeah. I think, yeah, let's look into it and, yeah. like, actually figure out what it is and how it works. And Because our lives are going okay right now, and I don't want anything to be attached to us. Yeah. To come in and, I mean, to an, a, maybe an ordinary person who does a seance and wants to experience it, they're like, wow, that was cool, and they leave and nothing. But the two of us are already more sensitive, so we might they might recognize that and latch on to us. Right. And if we get something latched onto us, we'll have to change our podcast name to Two Girls and a Ghost. <laughs> we get some EVPs. We'll have to buy another microphone for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we wrap it up? Should yeah, we, we should. Um, everyone should email us. We really love getting the emails. and um, Yeah, we're getting so many. We're going to try and read them all and uh, respond to them all and include you in our episodes so email us we are two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com and then join us on facebook two girls one ghost and instagram and twitter Mm -hmm. and please do if you have itunes give us a review and a rating and subscribe Mm -hmm. that really helps our numbers yeah Um, so please do if you enjoy our podcast yeah and thanks for listening. And happy October 1st as of today. Yes! The best, best month day of the year. Of the month. Wait, can we give a shout out to our very first Facebook group follower? Yeah. Brittany. Thank you. Thank you, Brittany. And people are posting some really good stuff on Facebook, too. It's scary. Like that video yesterday. Of the guy. In the- of the oh. shadow person. Mm-hmm. Did not like mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Not about that. No. We got to do an episode on shout out people. A few people have asked us to do that. So yes, but next week we're doing haunted, haunted houses. houses. So if you have any haunted houses stories, email us. And I'll be recording from my haunted house. And I'll be recording from my apartment, <laughs> <laughs> which might questionably be haunted. Nope. No. 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 It's not, Corinne. Okay. It's not. It's wonderful. Okay. Everything is happy and wonderful. <laughs> and on that. We will see See you you on on the the other other side. side.